This week on This Is Game Boy Light. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of This Is Game Boy Light. I am E-Bloody Candy. If you watched This Is Game Boy Light episode 1, Bo recalled that we will be doing some light episodes here and there as kind of like fillers um, when the two of us can't get together uh, because we are, oddly enough, very busy people. <laughs> um, me with marathons and other various retro projects, Mo with because he actually has a life, um, etc. But... I wanted to make a this is Game Boy Light episode based around the incur- the entire Kirby series for the classic Game Boy. Kirby is probably not going to be a game that uh, Mula and I focus on during the mainstay of the series, just because the games are not obscure. A lot of people know about them. A lot of people have played them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, before we get started here, like let's uh, before we get into Kirby itself, like let's talk like. How Laboratories first. Like, let's talk about the creator of the Kirby franchise. How Laboratory used to be known as Hulken, um, and it's a Japanese video game development company founded in 1980, basically like around the time the Famicom was developed. Um, How Laboratory and Nintendo have been very, very key partners with each other, and um, Iwata, who would eventually become Nintendo's fourth president. Um, started with HAL Laboratories. HAL has been around for a long time. They're still around. Them and Nintendo are still very, very much partners with each other. Like, you may know HAL Laboratories from such classics like Adventures of Lolo Low on the NES. Obviously, Kirby. You have um, Day, Daydream and Davy, if you ever watch AVGN or just actually have played it on the NES. Earthbound. That's a big one. Not many people have heard of that one, am I right? Then you have um, various golf games like Hal's Hole-in-One, Pokemon Snap, Hal had its hand in the Pokemon Stadium games, obviously Smash Brothers because Kirby and all of them are in the games. From like the SNES era and the late Game Boy era on, like Hal would almost exclusively focus on Kirby from there on out. Like They would have other little things coming in like Mother 3 for the Game Boy Advance, Ghostbusters 2 on the Game Boy, um, Tracks, that adorable tank shooting game. Um, it wouldn't be until like the 3DS is when they would start basically opening the box again to other various genres and different types of games, um, such as like Face Raiders, Bye Bye Box Boy, Picross. But again, their, their essential focus is Kirby at this point in time. It's a very... It's actually a very interesting company, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on them, but I would encourage you guys, if you are interested in the Kirby franchise or just the history of Nintendo in general, like look up HAL Laboratories and do some do a little bit of research on them. Like they're a very interesting startup company around the time that the Famicom became the Famicom. So yeah, with that, let's dive into the Kirby series. We're going to start right away with the two canon Kirby games that would come to Game Boy. The very first game of the entire franchise, honestly, Kirby's Dreamland 1. The game was released in April of 1992 in Japan, um, and then August in 
92 for Europe and North America. Um, the premise of Dreamland 1 is that King DDD stole all of the food from Dreamland and it is now up to Kirby to go defeat King DDD and retrieve all that food and spread the food across Dreamland once again so everyone can eat. Along the path, Kirby's going to face such villains as Wispy Woods, Lolo Lo and Lala La, who made can who who have games based after them from Adventures of Lolo Lo, Kabula, Krako, and obviously King DDD. As you progress through the game, it's your basic, I guess you can call it a platformer, if you will. Um, kind of hold right, press A to jump, press up to like float up and flutter. Like Kirby can go big and you can like float across levels. Press down to duck. B, you suck in the sprite, so whether it be an enemy or just a box object. And then from there, you can either press B again to spit out said object as a star to, to destroy something in front of you, or press down to swallow said object, but nothing will happen except you just swallow the object. Very, very basic game. Difficulty factor, it has two different difficulties. It has something called normal mode and extra mode. Normal mode is obviously the easier version of the game. And you really don't know how to open up extra mode until you've beaten normal mode. And then once you've run through the credits, it actually tells you like, hey, try extra mode. And it tells you a button combination at the title of a sequence to press to enable extra mode. And what extra mode does is that it lets, it basically makes the game about 1.5 to 2 times faster. It puts extra sprites into the stages and now Kirby is going to take extra damage depending on the sprite or enemy that it encounters. So it does ramp up the difficulty a bit, but overall the game on a difficulty scale is uh, varies from very easy to do on normal mode to moderately easy on extra mode. If you take your time through the game, literally just inhale everything that you encounter, there's a chance that you just will never get hit at all. So overall, just a very, very easy game. Um, like I said, the game came out in 92 uh, worldwide. came out in Japan first. Uh, it would be later released on the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console, Virtual Console in 2011. But another fun fact about that, though, is worldwide it came out in 2011. It wouldn't be until 2016 that South Korea would get this game on 3DS. So I don't know why the localization like that was so vastly different for the re-release of the game. But, you know, it is what it is when it comes to older games like this. Kirby Superstar on the Super Nintendo basically paid homage to Kirby's Dreamland um, called Spring Breeze. So if you've played Kirby Superstar um, and gone into Spring Breeze, you basically have played the homage to Kirby Streamland. It has all the base, all the four or five levels that you'd go through. The only difference is you have power-ups in Kirby Superstar. Going back to like Kirby's Adventure, which would be the next Kirby game, and just moving on to the newest Kirby game, Star Allies, the games pay tribute to Kirby's Dreamland as being the first Kirby game to be released and that it basically paved the way for how to basically build this monster franchise and obviously make a crap ton of money. Something to note about Kirby though. So Kirby, almost this wasn't created. Kirby was actually, the sprite of Kirby was actually a placeholder um, for the game. It was meant to be another character. Uh, I couldn't really find what it was supposed to be. Uh, Sakurai 
was the designer of the game and basically created Kirby. And it was just like, you couldn't really figure out another sprite or another character that would really fit into this design. So they basically took the placeholder that they created, Kirby, and was like, well, what if we gave it abilities? What if we did this with it? And then it kind of built off of that, thus creating what we have today as Kirby. I know Kirby's floating ability was very heavily inspired by balloons. Sakurai wanted the ability of if someone were to fall into a pit, he wanted them to, he wanted the player to have the ability to be able to float out of it or have the ability to you know try and survive through it. And then when the next Kirby game came along, he proposed the idea of like, hey, when Kirby sucks in this thing and swallows in, why not absorb this power up type deal? But it's a very interesting history of this game of what what could have been and what didn't become of it. Like there was a there was ideas thrown out for Kirby to basically headbutt and kick enemies like a soccer ball instead of being able to suck and swallow, spit, whatever it is. Man, this is gonna sound <laughs> slightly over PG thirteen taken out of context. So um, it's just a very interesting background of the game and how the whole Kirby franchise became to be. Um, but diving into the next game, we have Kirby's Dream Land 2, which would come out in 1995. So with this, with the huge success of Kirby's Dream Land 1, became player's choice for Nintendo. With the next game that came out, you know, a couple years later, called Kirby's Adventure for the NES and Famicom, the huge success that that game saw. It was only natural for HAL Laboratory to just keep building on to this franchise, this empire of Kirby, essentially, and released Kirby's Dream Land 2, which is a direct sequel of Kirby's Dream Land 1. In Kirby's Dream Land 2, the story is, as a resident of Dreamland, uh, the rainbow bridge that connects the rainbow islands. So if you are familiar with Kirby's adventure, if you're familiar with Kirby's Dream Land 2, Kirby's Dream Land 3, there are specific worlds that you venture into. Like So once you've defeated Wispy Woods, you go on to World 2 and face off against Paint Paint Roller. You face then Beep Beep Paint Roller. If you go to World 3, you face off against Mr. Shine, Mr. Bright, etc., etc. That's what they mean by the Rainbow Bridge connecting the Rainbow Islands. But the bridge was stolen by an evil, evil being called Dark Matter. Um, and the intent of Dark Matter is to conquer Dreamland, and he has possessed King DDD in the offset to try and defeat anything that would come at him. So what Kirby does, spoiler alerts in the end, is hop on his warp star, and then goes out and tries to defeat Dark Matter. Um, and in this game, we now have the introduction of Dreamland friends, or Dream friends, animal friends, however you want to say what they are. We now have access to Koo, which is the owl. We have Rick, which is the hamster. We have Kine, which is the fish. Uh, so now we have these three buddies that Kirby can basically latch onto and kind of alter his abilities a bit more. Like, for instance, when you have Spark. If you are if you're with Kine and you have Spark, Kirby turns into a light bulb and lights up dark caverns. You can actually shoot the light bulb out of Kine's mouth. Another side effect with Kine is if you get hit and lose your ability, we'll talk about abilities in a minute, you can actually re-suck in your ability and regain it again while 
bile with chyme. Um, Ku, for example, if you inhale Sir Kibble's ability, which is the like, which is the boomerang type ability. With your, if you're just Kirby, you only throw one boomerang at a time. But if you're with Ku, you get to throw three at a time. So it's like a spread shot. If you're Rick, if you have the needle ability, and you're on top of Rick, Rick's back basically just turns into all spikes. The attacks, the abilities are slightly altered with your dream friends. And your dream friends give you a bit more flexibility of how to approach a stage. And sometimes you need them to get through the stage. For example, Ku, there's stages in World 2 or World 3, I can't remember off the top of my head, where you have to go against a wind current. And the only, the quickest and easiest way to get through this wind current is to have Ku to fly against this wind current. And obviously Ku gives you the ability to fly across the screen at a pretty rapid rate. Um, Kind lets you swim faster and have more control underwater. Rick you, you you jump a little higher with Rick. Rick is kind of useless, though. Uh, he's fun to play with casually, but in the speed run, Rick is pretty much useless. Um, something of interest with this game, though, is that it has multiple endings associated with it. We have what we call in the speed running uh, community. You have any percent, and then you have best ending. And any percent means that the game ends once you've defeated King DDD. You still get a credit, so once you've beaten King DD, you still get a credit sequence, you still get the sprite roll, but at the end you get this dark silhouette of this mysterious matter with question marks, and you're like, oh, what is this, you know, type deal. Um, but in the game, there are crystal shards, or pieces of the bridge, I, I don't remember the, the, the lore specifically of what the pieces actually are, but what you do is you have to collect these pieces, and these pieces are typically behind blocks that require a certain ability to break open and back and secret rooms to go into to collect said crystals um, and once you've collected all of the bridge pieces or crystal pieces in, in all of the islands once you have defeated King DDD the curse comes out of King DDD and now you have to face off against the ultimate end boss of Kirby Streamland 2 which is Dark Matter and it's basically a shoot 'em up um, it's kind of a cool game, kind of a cool fight. Uh, so let's talk about abilities a bit. This is the second game of the Kirby series to incorporate abilities. The first one being Kirby's Adventure. Abilities in this game, you have Burning, you have Cutter, you have Ice Needle, Parasol, Rainbow Sword, which is what you use against Dark Matter, Spark, and Stone. So... When you sucked in a fire enemy, you're probably going to get burning. If you sucked in a snowman, you're going to get ice, etc., etc. So now that we have these abilities, these abilities also alter the way Kirby attacks. So instead of having the cute suck in and swallow type deal, now Kirby can throw a cutter or freeze an enemy, or maybe there is a, a long sequence going down that has some spikes. You grab a parasol, which is the umbrella, and you kind of float your way down a little bit slower, kind of more safer. Uh, maybe there's a sequence that you want to go straight down and you want to go down fast. You take stone. Or maybe there's some hills. You take stone and roll down the hill. Um, there's a lot of different altered uh, paths now through this game. So to achieve 100% of this game, you also have to do the sub-games, which is vastly different than Kirby's Adventure. So these sub-games are going to be things of like boss endurance, 
what else you got? You got like a music room, I believe. Like they're they're kind of dumb little mini games, but like there's a star catching mini game, I believe as well. Not many. I I don't really go into them as if I'm when I'm playing through this game, but for the most part, like there's mini games as well that will get you like one ups or abilities and just overall game completion. Um, so let's talk over the the bosses real quick. So we have Wispy Woods again. So the boss from Green Greens and Kirby's Dreamland One is back and wants vengeance. Now we have Nruff uh, and Nelly. So remember how we used to have la 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 and la la la? Well, they decided to retire and go on to their own adventure. <laughs> and now we have Nruff and Nelly, which is like the the raccoon and the uh, I can't remember the other animal. And then we have sweet stuff. I can't remember what sweet stuff was. Then we have ice dragon which will eventually become just a mini-boss type deal later on in the Kirby series. Mr. Shine and Mr. Bright, this is your sun and your moon. Um, Cracko, pretty, uh, pretty much a staple in the Kirby franchise, King DDD and Dark Matter. And your mid-bosses, you have Mr. Frosty, who is uh, the walrus that throws ice, ice blocks at you. You have Blocky, which is literally just like a, a stone block that runs after you. Uh, later on, you would get access to Chef Kasaki, Fan Fan, which, fun fact about Fan Fan in the NES and Famicom version, is a turtle, and then in the remake of Nightmare in Dreamland is an elephant. I think I got those right. It's either that way or it's reversed. And the sprite changes, regardless. So, and obviously you have your base enemies here too. Like you have Squishy, which is was was in KDL one. You have Cracko Jr., which is in KDL1, Poppy Bros, KDL1. Like, you have a lot of the sprites from the original Kirby game coming into this as well. And again, Kirby's Dreamland 2 was a bestseller for the Game Boy, selling more than 2 million copies. <laughs> like, that's a ton of copies. And it, and it held it held an 82% game ranking. Like, like it, it was just absolutely incredible how well this game was perceived worldwide so obviously another player's choice from nintendo this game would get re-released again on the 3ds in 2012 in america in 2013 in south korea in 2016 um but if you haven't played kdl2 if you had a choice between kdl1 and kdl2 honestly play kdl2 over over kdl1 you'll get more story behind kirby's dreamland 2 than you will with kirby's dreamland 1 and you'll get more bang for your buck from kirby's dreamland 2 so yeah with that uh, we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back we're going to discuss some of the spin-off titles of kirby for the classic game boy Welcome back, everybody. We are about to hit our second segment of the Kirby series here where we're going to talk about the spinoffs. We just got done talking about the two canon or the, the two storied Kirby games, Kirby's Dream Land 1 and Kirby's Dream Land 2. Uh, but now let's touch base on the spinoffs, starting with Kirby's Block Ball. So Kirby's Block Ball is a very interesting game. Uh, if you've ever played 
like Breakout or um, Arach I, I mean, I guess you can kind of compare it to Arachnoid in a bit too, but it's more so like Breakout. So basically you have these, these little like blocks across the screen and you have a little paddle on the bottom, sometimes on the sides and top where you hit Kirby and his ball form. And once it's hit into these blocks, these blocks will either crack or break. And the goal is to clear the room. You have to break all of the blocks, literally break out. And along the way, you come and encounter sprites. Like you encounter uh, squishies, you encounter waddle dees, you encounter enemies with abilities such as, such as spark, such as the needle and... Basically what it is is that once you've cleared the screen, you have five or six screens, however many screens there are in the world, then you go and face off against a boss. Um, this game has seven worlds, I believe, and what you have to do is once you've completed all seven worlds, pending if you've acquired high score in the seven worlds will determine whether or not you face DDD or not. So if you've just did the bare the bare uh, minimum of just defeating all of the worlds. Um, I believe there's ten. Thinking about it now, once you have done, once you've beaded the 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 ten stages, doing the bare minimum, you just get like you get like a screen that says the end question mark with like DDD over the fountain of dreams, kind of like looming over Dreamland right now, and at the bottom it says let's try again. Um, so in order to reach this 11th stage, essentially, you have to achieve um, a high, you have to tie or beat the highest score in all of all 10 stages. And mind you, like the highest score for the later stages are quite difficult. Like these high scores are based off of like a combo sequence. Like if you've grabbed like the bonus thing to make all the blocks breakable in one hit, how many you get to there? How fast do you clear a room? How fast do you clear a world? Like what what items have you obtained? Like there's a lot going on to that that attributes to this high score. And if you're not fast enough, if you're not accurate enough, if you're not good enough, like you don't get this high score. So there's a lot of practice involved, a lot of luck involved as well. But once you've reached stage eleven, you fight DDD, like it is the it is the best feeling ever because for me personally, like I play this game blind for the first time like a year or two ago, and it took me seven and a half hours to get to DDD and defeat DDD in this game. Like, it's not an easy game. Like, it's not one of those quick games that you just pop in, play for 20 minutes, and be done. But with that aside, it is a very fun game. This game came out in 1995 in Japan and Europe, around Christmas time, actually. And America wouldn't get it until around the summer of 1996. Again, like all the other Kirby games so far, it has it was re-released on the 3DS Virtual Console in 2011 and 2012. There's not really much to note about the game. Something a little fun about it is once you've completed the game, like once you've gone and fought King DDD and defeated King DDD, you um, your Kirby sprite next to your save file looks like royalty now. It has like a crown on top of it. Like it shows that, hey, you beat the game for real show this off to your friends um the game does offer some mini games as well so we have air hockey you have star catcher you have up cloud and, and up down so basically with these mini games a lot you do is that these mini games give you one-ups and you're gonna need some of these one-ups later on the levels if you're trying to like rush this high score uh to be fair the boss fights are exceptionally easy 
literally all you have to do is just angle your ball right and jump into the boss. A little fun fact about the game, if you time your sequence right when Kirby's about to hit your paddle, if you press the A button, Kirby goes into full Kirby sprite and actually does extra damage to blocks and to enemies as well. Which is, the, the window to do that isn't a very tight window, like you can accidentally do it just by pressing A. Uh, so, that's, that was the first spin-off to come to the Kirby franchise, and obviously it's just HAL and Nintendo, like, hey, Kirby was a huge success, like, let's basically, you know, like, try and make some money off it, let's try and push this game a little bit, a little bit more and see what things work, what things won't work. Like, when this was done, so, like, the beginning of this game, Hal inspected the game and told the design team that it basically wasn't Kirby. So the team spent, like, six months to a year, like, overhauling the entire game to make it to what it is today. So, like, there must have been a point in time where, like, this where Kirby's block ball may have had the Kirby sprites, but it just didn't have that Kirby feel to it. It, didn't, it maybe didn't have the playful graphics the colorful music, you know, the the other the things that make Kirby Kirby associated with it. But yeah, so moving on to the next game, you have Kirby's Pinball. I know a lot of people know what this game is. This was probably, in my opinion, and from what I can tell, this might have been the most popular <laughs> Kirby spinoff to come around. Kirby's Pinball came out in 1993. So actually, this was the, the first spinoff, honestly. This actually came out before Kirby's Dream Land 2 uh, and was re-released re in 2012. So exactly what the title sounds like, it is a pinball game featuring Kirby. Um, and the fun fact about the t on the cover, it says, Take Aim with Kirby. Um, so just like any other pinball game, you have your flippers, and you have to flip and basically get points and work and do what you do in pinball. This game, however, actually has an end game, which is very different for an actual pinball game. So when you start off the game, you go into this overworld, basically, and you have three levels to choose from. You can either face off against Wispy Woods, Krakow, or Pop Poppy Bros. Sr. So... If you choose choose one of the stages, basically what you have to do is you work your way up to the very top of the pinball board, and at the top of the pinball board, you're gonna be you're gonna be faced with a certain challenge, whether it be to break all three chick eggs before the poppy can basically seal up the egg, or it's defeating Mr. Bright, and Mr. Shine in a certain amount of time, or you know whatever whatever the challenge may be, and then once you've completed the said challenge a warp star will appear and once you've taken that warp star you now have to go face off against the boss so let's, let's go against wispy woods for for example we've we, we've made it we've 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 collected the three chick eggs we've hit the warp star now we're going into wispy woods wispy woods can still drop apples and gordos just like in kirby streamline one um so when Kirby is when you flip a Kirby into the into the tree, you want to try and hit the tree in the base of the tree. If Kirby happens to hit a Gordo, which is the little spiked balls, uh, Kirby kind of like loses control a little bit and kind of flips around in the air. Uh, if a Gordo hits a hits a flipper, I believe the flipper locks and you can't actually use that flipper for a couple seconds. So if you fail to defeat the boss and fall down the hole and go back onto the pinball board, you need to. 
redo the challenge again and get back into the boss room. However, the, the game is friendly enough to where whatever damage you've done to the boss, that damage is still already dealt and you can just basically pick up where you left off. Once you've defeated all three levels, you then face off against DDD. DDD is a nightmare in this game. Um, DDD has the ability all of a sudden to shoot lightning out of his hands. And when DDD shoots lightning out of his hands, it locks up your paddles. Eventually, he does an attack where he shoots lightning out of both hands, which locks both of your paddles. And if you don't hit DDD on a rebound or whatever, he'll keep shocking and you will lose a life. When the ball goes down, so we didn't talk about that. So once you're at the bottom of the screen and you let the ball go down to the hole, you have a basically a second chance on the like, like a, with a um, with a platform to thrust the, the ball back up into play. Um, the more and more you thrust this ball back into play, the weaker and weaker your platform gets. So once you've hit X amount of falls down, like the, that platform isn't going to launch Kirby anymore. You're going to lose a life. After you've lost three lives, it is game over. There is no continue. There is no save and quit. There's like there's no backup. There's no nothing. Like once you've game over you are done and you have to restart the game all over again. It's a very unforgiving game. Um, like I said, it's just your base pinball game with an actual end game to it, but it's very unforgiving if you do mess up. Um, and there is high scores and stuff and such a matter. Like uh, cutscenes will interrupt your gameplay if you've achieved a certain high score. Uh, when you when you game over, lose a life, whatever, you can type in your initials for the high score. So that's basically Kirby's Dreamland in a nutshell, or Kirby's Pinball Land, sorry, in a nutshell. It's literally just pinball with sprites from Kirby's Dreamland 1. And you can kind of see they started pulling a little bit from Kirby's Adventure as well, because like I said, Mr. Shine and Mr. Bright does make an appearance into this game. So yeah, moving on to a probably the, mo the most lesser known spinoff of the, of, the, of the classic Game Boy series is Kirby's Star Stacker. Kirby Star Stacker came out in 1997 uh, all, all around the world and was re-released on Virtual Console in 2012 and 2013. This is a puzzle game, so you can kind of compare it to Puyo Puyo, Kirby's Avalanche, Tetris Attack, Dr. Mario, games of that nature where you have blocks that are falling down from the top of the screen, and these blocks can be one of five things. They can be one of your dream friends, so either Ku, Kine, or Rick. Um, a star, actually six blocks, a bomb, or what we call a solid block, which is just like a big gray block, or on the Game Boy screen, a big green block. Um, and the purpose is, is that on the left side of the screen, DDD is like, ha, you'll never defeat me, and then it gives you a, a star with a number next to it, and your goal is to get that number to zero as, as fast as possible. So... Uh, if you have, say you're playing stage one on normal difficulty, you have to break like seven stars. So you have to either try and connect like a star between two of the same blocks. So if you have a, if you have a kind and a star, you want to try and land up another kind underneath that star that'll break that one star there and you'll deduct one star point from the total needed to, to do so. Creating combos in the game is another way to generate stars to decrease that star point. So if you've done one combo, that generates two. Uh, two combo is three. A four combo or a three combo is four, and it builds and builds and builds. And the max combo is twelve stars across the screen. And that's your end goal. You want to try and get these stars done as fast as possible. 
So a fun fact about the game is there are six columns and the two outermost columns on the left and right, if those exceed the horizontal breaking plane at the very top, your level is not over, your game is not over. The game only worries, worries about the two middle columns on the screen. So if those two ex break the top horizontal plane, then you failed the level. Um, going into the game though, there are four starting difficulties. You have normal difficulty, which is your easiest, um, hard, very hard, and super hard. Uh, very hard and super hard is when, is when they start introducing the solid blocks, which takes two strikes to break that block. One, one combo or one, one combination to take the cover off of the block, so to speak, to make it not solid, and then another combo to break whatever contents was inside of it, whether it be a dream friend or a star. And then once you've beaten the four starting difficulties, a new difficulty is unlocked called Insane Mode. And it is literal insanity. Uh, it took, I watched a few friends play it, and it took them roughly around three to four hours just to beat that one mode. Um, it's a very hard mode, it's a very fast paced mode. But if you beat it, it's very satisfying. So, moving on, we have other modes in the game, such as like a, like a time trial, like how many stars can you break in X amount of time? Um, and then we have like a survival mode, like how many stars can you, can you, break until you know you just you, you you lose like the the game progressively gets faster and faster and faster and harder and there's a little like easter egg in the game where if you've excelled if, where if you've beaten all five difficulties excelled in time trials and excelled in the survival the sprite for kirby actually becomes royalty again much like a block ball showing like hey like i've mastered this game like come at me type deal but something to think about as well is that this game got a sequel. Kirby Star Sacker got a sequel, or a remake rather, that was only released in Japan for the Super Famicom called Kirby's Super Star Stacker. That game fetches a pretty high price, um, roughly around two to, or one to two hundred dollars, depending on the day, depending on who's selling it, depending if it's boxed or not. Making it kind of one of the rare Kirby games since it only came out in Japan for a very specific console. Um, and that game, it, it, it has all of the same elements as Kirby Star Stacker, the, with the addition of two big things. It has a story mode now. So Kirby Super Star Stacker has a story mode to it, much like, much like a Tetris Attack. And it also, and during that story mode, it offers, or you face off against a boss that you will never see again in a Kirby franchise or in the, in, in the Kirby series. However, you will see spin-offs of said boss throughout the entire Kirby series. The, the character name is Grill, and I very much highly recommend watching the speedruns to see this end boss and see how this end credit sequence happens. Um, and the other thing is, during survival modes, depending on how well you did in your, your survival mode, you're going to get a, a picture. Um, in Kirby's Star Stacker for Game Boy, once you've completed a difficulty, you get a picture at the end, whether it be Kirby dressed up in a pirate suit riding on Kine, or Kirby and Rick at a picnic um, in Kirby Superstar Stacker in survival mode, you would either get Kirby on the stage singing into a microphone, you will either get Koo at a bar by himself kind of being disgruntled, you will have Kine drinking sake out of a bottle, just belligerent, and then you'd have Rick kind of like hollowed out like why am I here type deal. 
Um, it's very Japanese, and it probably wouldn't have gotten away with today's standards in America. Um, but they are very interesting screens to look at, so I recommend Googling them. So, but those are the spinoffs. Um, if I would, if I had to rank the spinoffs and which ones I would play over another, I would say Kirby's Block Ball being number one. Uh, there's just more content. It's more entertaining, and there's more of a story to Block Ball than there is in the rest. Um, then I would jump into Star Stacker, and then I would do Dream. I would do Pinball Land last because I personally am just not a fan of pinball, um, and there's just not much there in terms of like content to do. It's literally just pinball. So uh, that's how I would rank them in order to play. So Dreamland Two before Dreamland One because Dreamland One really doesn't give you much. You kind if you want to see where it all started, sure. But Dreamland 2 is going to give you more bang for the buck with the story, there's more gameplay, there's abilities, etc. With the spinoffs, I would say Block Ball. That has, that has the most most heft to it for content. It has a story to it. There's a lot more to do. There's multiple endings, etc. So uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode. guys welcome back and this is the wrap-up of this is game boy light episode 2 episode yeah episode 2 um i hope you guys enjoy this i really want to cover the kirby series i'm a very avid kirby player i love the kirby franchise love the kirby games i'm a kirby speedrunner like everything kirby like i encompass everything kirby basically um i'm wearing a kirby shirt right now even so anything kirby i love to talk about i'd love to talk to other people about everything dealing with Kirby. Um, the two SGDQ runs I've done have been Kirby related. Every marathon I participate in, I've probably have played a Kirby game of some of one way or another. I've been in almost every Kirby showcase known to man so far for speedrunning. I just love the Kirby franchise. I love the rich history behind how I love everything there is to encompass that company as well. But with that, we have a few things coming up here. We have Midwest Speed Fest coming starting on August 3rd, the weekend of August 3rd. Uh, it's just a bunch of people from the Midwest United States kind of getting together, doing a speed run, speed running event at a convention it's weekend, and probably charity. some other people will, up, will prolong this to the next couple weekends. We have the 12-hour challenge. A few people have expressed some excitement to me wanting to learn Kirby Streamline 1, which is fantastic. I love teaching people Kirby Streamline 1 speedruns because there isn't much to the eye of a watcher, but there is so much to know about the game on a technical level. Like, it's so fun to talk about. Um, and then outside of that, we have the Tiny 10 coming up in a few more months. So uh, I believe Mula and I were trying to figure out like what games we're going to put in there and try and get a list out within the next month or so uh you have nescathlon i know this isn't game boy related but we have a lot of friends at, at, at um at retro gaming live rgl um so they're having a nescathlon i think next week or in two weeks just keep an eye out on that uh and then esa i think is over this week or goes to next week i don't remember i don't i can't keep track of marathons but 
Anyway, guys, I am E Blood Candy. If you want to get a hold of me, want to watch me, do whatever it is you do on the internet, you can find me at E Blood Candy on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and in Discord. Another fun fact as of today, we have a Discord server which will be linked in the information below. Please join our server. We would love to hang out with you guys and talk to you. You guys can ask us questions. You guys can interact with us. You guys can talk to Legs, who is a beautiful human being. Um, so with that, shout-outs to my co-host, who isn't here, Mula. You can find him at Mula, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, on Twitch. Uh, Nostalgia Game, Gaming, Nostalgia Gaming, I believe it is, on Twitter. And I think he has Nostalgia Gaming and Moolah on YouTube as well. And you can find him as Moolah on Discord. We all call him Mo. Um, and a shout-out to our fantastic producer, Sprinty Legs. Like, without her, like, these podcasts, A, probably just wouldn't exist because Mo and I don't have time to produce. And B, they probably sound like just hot garbage. So huge shout-outs to Sprinty Legs. Uh, you can find her... Uh, at Sprinting Legs on Twitch.tv. Uh, go give Mula and Legs a follow. They're fantastic, fantastic human beings. Um, so yeah, with that, guys, have a fantastic, fantastic night, week, weekend, whatever it is you guys do outside of the computer life, and we'll see you guys for episode three of Gargoyles Quest. Peace. Um, and a shout out to our fantastic producer, Sprinty Legs. These podcasts sound like just hot garbage.